Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Donald Overman, and he's here to talk about his fascinating novel, Insanity 2. Donald, it's such a pleasure to have you on Books on Air as our guest. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm always curious about books. All books have two stories. Insanity 2 has a really thought-provoking and intriguing plot. And I'm curious, where did the idea for Insanity 2 come from? Well, it came from my naivete in college. I was just out of the service in 1956, and I was looking at we were talking about the conflict between communism and 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 capitalism, and I thought I was going to be clever and create a midline that both communism and capitalism could meet and, and not have to fight over it. So I called it concapsulism, concapsulism, and I tried to bring those forces together it was very naive i got a i got an a on my paper but and it was about four thousand words and i caught help from my publisher from my, <laughs> my my teacher for writing so many words that he had to read but but that was uh that was where it all started back 60 years ago this is such an interesting plot would you give our listeners an overview of insanity too Sure. I I find that uh, the American people do not pay an awful lot of attention to what could be happening to them. And I tried to point that out with with the book, uh, which is called uh, Insanity 2, T-O-O, by by going back and, and tracing it through history. Germany uh, looked for appeasement. They looked for to be able to bully Europe into into giving him what he wanted, Hitler wanted, and uh, they did. We would much rather have peace through appeasement than than we we want uh, to have our our children and, and our. our soldiers killed in the field of battle. Uh, appeasement just sounds so much better, uh, but it never works. It, it never works because the more you give to a bully, the more they want to take from you. And, and they also encourage others to do what they're doing because they seem successful at it. And I tried to warn about that. And so I started off with a plot between Russia and China looking at a, a very uh, liberal type of, of uh, president who was not going to do anything unless they were directly attacked, the United States was directly attacked, including tra- where we had agreements. Uh, it, it was somebody else's problem if it wasn't an attack on America. And so I tried to show that through this, uh, through the book, 
that that I was uh, using uh, the the book as a medium to to uh, to warn and to try to wake America up to to what was going on. You know, I almost felt like we had you had ripped something out of the headlines because along with China and Russia, they recruit Iran and North Korea, and they become, quote, the four friends, which I thought was absolutely chilling. And I love it that you talked about the four friends bullying. I like it that you use that word, that they were bullies, they're ganging up on the United States. And in your book, you elect the first female president of the United States. I thought that was also a very interesting detail in your book. The book is just captivating. It's thought-provoking, and it really makes you think, and it really does feel like you have your pulse on the headlines, and that this was something that could have been a news headline this week or next week. Yeah, well, I'm afraid that it could be, uh, it would be a headline in future, in the future years or months coming up uh, if we don't do something about it and stay strong. Uh, What people don't seem to understand is that a benevolent power can be a, a, a important force, and that the stronger you are, the less likely you are to have to use that force. We 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 seem to want to cut back on on military spending, and we seem to be, want to want to to be able to prove to the world that we're nice guys and and don't have a strong military. But unless we have a strong military, somebody's going to take advantage of us. It happened in the in the West. Until we got sheriffs and, and, and police departments in in western towns, the guy, the guy with the gun was able to to force his his thinking and and persona on on all of the weaker entities that didn't even carry guns. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And did you did you research this book? Is this all fiction? How did this evolve? How did the plot for the book? Evolve. It evolved from, from my from my experience in, in, in 1956 in in concapsulism, and I've studied and and, and stayed on top of uh, what was happening worldwide. I, I've been involved in politics and 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 have been you know I was originally I was original uh, on Goldwater's uh, presidential campaign. Back in 1950, whatever it was, eight or, or whenever the, the, the election took place, and I I, I felt that uh, we we had a problem with with, with how we approach the world, and, and and we we sent sometimes our people to to war much too soon instead of bell, bell, being bellicose and announcing that we we were going to. Stay strong and 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 be be a protector for the world. Uh, small countries don't need us to help them, uh, or strong countries like Russia and China are going to take them over. Uh, China's not has the largest navy in the world right now, but larger than ours. But it's not more powerful, 
and they they announced to the world that they're they're going to have the most powerful navy in the in the near future, uh, and they're spending money to to build uh, aircraft carriers and, and and ships of war to to take to take that for what purpose? They don't need to be uh, stronger than us. They don't don't need to be uh, more more powerful than than the rest of the world, unless they want to take take over uh, other countries. And they've announced that they do. So I think we we have a right to to uh, to uh, and an, an obligation to stay strong. I not, think not go war, ahead, but to stay strong. Uh, and strong strong people don't get picked when weak people do. I think your bully analogy is a really good one. I know that we have piqued the interest of our listeners, and I'm sure that they're saying to themselves, where can I find this book? Let me tell you, it's on Amazon. And when you go to Amazon, you will see a, a big search feature if you've never looked for a book on Amazon. If you'll simply type into that research, that big search feature, let me spell the title of the book for you because it's a little different than you think it is. The name of it is Insanity 2, but this is all one word. It's spelled I-N-S-A-N-I-T-Y, no space, T-O-O by Donald, D-O-N-A-L-D, Overman, O-V-E-R-M-A-N. If you put that in the search feature and click on it, the book comes right up. And there's a really good description of the book. And in the upper right-hand corner on the representation of the cover, you see two words that say, look inside. If you click on those two words, the book electronically opens and you'll be able to read an excerpt, and you will just immediately be drawn in. The The ideas that Donald is espousing, this is just so interesting. It's a fiction book, but you're going to see things in there that you recognize. So it's really, really, I've used thought-provoking several times, and I really think it will get your attention. Now, Donald, I know that there are some people who are listening to us who really don't like to buy their books from Amazon. Is there another place that they could get Insanity to? Yes. Uh, they they can order it through through my website, which is uh, Donald Lee Overman, L-E-E, uh, and uh, dot com. And that, that will, get, if they have problems, they can leave a, leave a message on there, and I will get them a book if they want it. Well, uh, I don't know what stores have it yet, but it, it's just been released, so I'm not sure it, it, it's in a lot of bookstores, but it will be. Uh, what else is on your website? A lot of reviews. I, I've, I've uh, spent a lot of time and energy getting getting reviews. There's a, a super review that from Hollywood Review, uh, book review. Uh, and and there's probably thirty other uh, uh, reviews on there that tell about the book. Some good, some bad, but but mostly they all say it's a great plot. Now I know that you have a plan to launch some social media. How do you think that our listeners, until you get that launched, how could they find you when the social media happens? 
uh, there's going to be a a platform uh, for the website, and and it'll be on all social media uh, as far as – that's what I'm paying for at any rate. Uh, And it will be – they'll be able to to monitor that and and to find out. uh, On my website, I'm going to create a a section that will say social media available – and, and they'll be able to look look it up uh, on on my website to find out where it, where it is if they don't find it uh, on their own. Perfect, great answer. <laughs> now, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Now, this is this is I know a work that you have had in your mind for quite some time, and a work that you've put down on paper. And I know that you also have. Um, another book that's coming out that the plot will be similar, the title will be different, but it's a it's a new project that you have coming out in early 2022. But it's going to be very similar to this. Tell me a little about that new project. Okay, the I was told I wrote uh, Insanity Two in a, uh, a format for. Uh, which is very specific and, and doesn't get into a lot of prose. It's a lot of action and a lot of excitement and a lot of information, but it, it doesn't get into uh, talking about how somebody's dressed or, or that type of, uh, of interaction. What, what They had a smile on their face as they said it. Uh, I, I leave that out. I was told that that should be in there, and I recommissioned the book to be ghostwritten uh, as, as a novel with prose in it. Same story, same information, same people, uh, but it, it's going to be a, a lot more story, story-ish than, than, than the Insanity 2. I'm calling the book, and it will have a different face on it, and I'm calling it Conflict, because conflict is what all of us face constantly. We we have conflict what to have for dinner, conflict what 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 we want to read. We have conflict in where we who we want to associate with. There, our life is built around conflict. And if a story doesn't have conflict in it, and and insanity too does have a lot of it, but I'm saying it up front with with my new novel, which is going to be called Conflict, and and it's going to have all kinds of of information about conflict. Uh, and uh, people are going to be able to to see that as they read the new book. It sounds like it's going to be a richer format in that you'll give more details and more information about your characters and that you'll fill out your plot a little bit more thoroughly. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say, but it, it'll, it, it, it's going to take someone traditionally reading uh, to to see to see the uh, the value of it, uh, I I don't particularly find that that I don't want to read that Charlie fell down and he had on a, <laughs> a, a a brown suit with a green tie and, and and all that kind of stuff, but that's what people want and and, and I'm going to give it to them. Donald, you are such a character. I love it. <laughs> I love talking to you. Let me ask you one more question. This is such a thought-provoking, intriguing plot. 
it's one of those things that I suspect people will talk about around the dinner table. But this is your work. And I'm curious, when people buy the book, when they go from being listeners today to buying the book and becoming readers, and they sit down and they read Insanity 2 cover to cover, and they close that back cover either electronically or physically for the last time, do you want them to just feel like they've read a really terrific, intriguing story? Or is there some bottom line other message that you want them to take away from the book? Yes, there there's a lot of, that I want them to take away. Uh, I have tried to incorporate a number of things into the book that are not are that are covered up by storyline now, but but that are important. For example, uh, I talk the the cabinet of of the the woman president, which is special in the way she puts it together, uh, has decided that they want to redo our unemployment situation. If people will read that as something that is important to them, uh, for example, right now the average person pays 5.5% for unemployment. Their employer pays 5.5%, and it goes on forever until you retire. Uh, There's no need for that. If you pay 5.5%, and they pay, and your employer pays five and a half percent in a year. If you had an account that all that money was going into, called Charlie's account, Charlie would have a full year of of unemployment compensation put aside, and he'd never have to pay it again unless he used it. In which case, he would be able to take it out a, a month at a time, uh, more than he would get out of unemployment, but. And he'd have have all that money available to him instead of paying for the rest of his life and the employer paying for the rest of his life. That that's covered in in some detail in in the book as as a thing that the cabinet is working on. So you put some real detail into the book that you really want the reader to pay attention to and come away with perhaps some new ideas. Absolutely, uh, c- corruption. Uh, every every sing, single uh, government employee says, "I pledge allegiance to the United States and the Republic of Czechoslovakia," et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then they go out and do all kinds of stuff that's it's against the Constitution. That that's that's fraud, uh, and, and they ought to be able to. They should be be learned to to be honest about what they're doing, and, and there should be penalties for for lying to the public. And taking a pledge to do something that you're not have no intention of doing, uh, our, our elected officials, uh, our Congress and, and senators, uh, start off with a lie, and and the, pretty soon they're they're into and, and everybody believes that 70 percent of our elected officials are are crooked, and they probably are. Uh, I, I they 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 placate each other. And, and they they work for each other and instead of uh, for the American people. And, and I point this out constantly in in the book where where, where the uh, elected officials are 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 duplicitous in what they're saying. 
Donald, I can hear the passion in your voice for your book and for your ideas. It's been such a pleasure to have you as our guest today on Books on Air. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm glad I had a chance to say, say what I feel. Good. I'm glad you feel better. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. And remember, you can find Insanity 2 by Donald Overman on Amazon. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.